What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Middle cough! Heavy Habes! Uh, let's see here. Looking at uh, our DraftKings as of this recording. Got a few spots. Go get in the DraftKings ham game. For uh, golf, three weeks of golf, three weeks of sports in a row, John. This is uh, feels unprecedented. It does. I'm uh, very excited to keep the action going. Connecticut Travelers Championship. Travelers. So we got the Travelers Championship. We got a little EPL on. Uh, I even watched a little bit of NASCAR, Talladega Nights. And, uh, yeah, just fill in the void as well as we can. Is there uh, another horse race this weekend? Uh, well, historically, they usually do several weeks in between each one, but you, maybe you're right. I, oh, I don't know. Maybe there is several weeks. I don't feel like I recorded this on a Tuesday, but I don't feel like there's been any uh, momentum for the whatever race would be coming up next. Com- completely honest, though, uh, full disclosure, I did not know the Belmont was happening till my bookie forwarded us something to just let everyone know. So it does feel like the momentum with horse racing is just a little under the radar. <laughs> Because uh, I, yeah, I, I, I would say, right. I, I, I would say the historically, the horse races, just for sports fans, you kind of just the build up when you're watching other sports, right? You're watching like March Madness, like, oh, Kentucky Derby's next week, or the Masters. You know, you just, you run into other sports events through sports events. Right. Like, oh, that's next week. And that's just not happening right now. A cross promo. The same way you find out about HBO shows, just because you're caught in the two minutes between shows where they just run nothing but promos because it's 7.58. And they're just filling time with all their promos. 100%. You're right. You know, they... Promos work. <laughs> you know, promos do. At least they... 
when, when something's powerful enough, like if you're the next HBO show and you get 30 seconds on billions, it, you might go, damn, I've seen this a couple times. I'm going to check the show out. Yeah. Promo codes also work. Podcast Promo brought to you work. by mybookie.ag. Promo, Promo code, code ham, ham the number one. one. Yep. Had a uh, quite an experience this morning, John, where I went two games, had two different parlays. Same thing happened to me the other day where it – where I need somebody to win and I need the over. I got neither. You had the parlay in the same game. No, I had two. I had two games. One parlay was, uh, whatever the team's name was to win. Yeah. With the second game, Tottenham or whatever to win tots. Yeah. So I two mean, winners. I, and then my knowledge winners. of what I'm betting on, as you can tell. And then I also had two overs. You know what I think? Have you won any of these soccer bets? Yeah, I have. I think it shows you, like, I mean, several. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've probably won 40% of them at this point. Well, I think a, a really, really good sports gambler, at least, I mean, I'm not one. Everything I've ever read is like, if you hit 53%, you're crushing it. And right. that's where it's like, God, I follow the NFL. I literally do it for a living, or baseball or basketball. Like, I couldn't watch anymore. And I feel like I'm going 10%. It shows you how random it truly is. Right? So, 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 uh, so I don't hit either one. The first game doesn't hit the over, and it's a tie, a scoreless tie. The over was, I needed two and a half or two and three quarters, whatever. So my parlay's dead. So I'm like, all right, well, let's chase this and go big ish in the, in the second game and try and get some money back and bet the over. Well, I don't get the bet in on time. Like, the game starts before I can finish the bet. So now I'm watching this game with no money on the game, rooting hard for the under. Just because the, you would have bet the over. Just because I was desperately trying to bet the over. What and was I told, the over in this game we're watching? Two and three quarters. And it's zero, zero and a half. Correct. And so with a goal in, taken away. Yeah, so you're... Uh... You're feeling good. Sometimes feel, the bets, bets we make are the ones that don't go through because we were two minutes late before kickoff. Like Garth, like Garth Brooks said, right? Yeah. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. 100%. Does he sing that song? Did you, you watch the Garth uh, thing on Netflix, right? Uh, yeah, that song, it, really what it is, I think it was like a PBS documentary. They repurposed it because there are, there are commercials. Like it goes black and then it kicks right into him talking again. Yeah, I don't think he... Do they have one of the songs? Live show? Do they have any of his live shows in the thing? No, what they do is it's a little like uh, like the MJ documentary. Like, they have a lot of old footage of different stuff. But then they have him sitting like... Uh, what's it called when the chair is faced the other way and your legs are around the front of the chair? You know? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what that that. It's like not shotgunning a chair, but whatever the whatever yeah. the term is, he's sitting like that. With your arms you crossed know, on the back of the chair. Yeah, I would imagine within the last 12 months, just did a sit down and talked about everything for a couple days stretch. Actually, it might have just gotcha. been one day, 12 hours. And then there's also occasional shots, unlike Michael, where he'd be like, just driving around his, you know, Jeep around his huge ranch, and they're just talking, like reminiscing, you know? Moments like that. That's, I think, the go-to documentary move, right? Is base something off history and then get the guy in present time in a relaxed setting, just letting it rip. Yeah. Garth, more than like Michael, the... cries about every other story, though. Garth's Wait, a big Garth cry. does? Garth cries a lot. Okay. Or gets emotional. He's got a complicated move. life on that farm. Yeah. 
Or maybe it's yeah. not complicated. Well, he I, when I mean he cries, like when they bring up his dad, when they bring up retirement, when they bring up his yeah. family, when they bring up his mom, when they bring up what a, he, yeah. a song, when they bring up a hit. I mean, guy, he's crying. He's like Dick Vermeil. That's what I want of out of an artist. Dick Vermeil. Yeah, he, he's Dick Vermeil. <laughs> um, podcast also brought to you by Raycon. B-U-I. Buyraycon.com slash ham. Warm yesterday. Buyraycon.com slash ham. Sent him to my dad. Gave him to my dad for Father's Day. Got him a pair. Smart move. Smart move. Uh, speaking of promo codes, now this is not a sponsor on the podcast today or this week, but has been many times. And a lot of you listeners. Oh, before I say that, also go to iTunes, give us a five star review. We appreciate that, and hit us with a question in the in the review, mailbag you, style, anything you want. You, yeah, if you listen to the podcast, leave a review. You have to leave a review if you're going to listen to the podcast. Please Hel- helps us out. Yeah, we we really appreciate that. If you hate it, leave us leave us a four star. But if you love it, give a five star. And le- just so, leave a quick. Just leave a question. One recent uh, review, uh, because the podcast is very well reviewed, but one recent review said we deleted somebody's. The guy's like, they deleted my comment. Like, look, the reason we're doing this is to force ourselves to look at the comments. So I don't, I don't, I don't even think you can delete a comment on iTunes. Yeah, it's. uh, I don't. You ever heard of Tim Cook? He's CEO of Apple. Like that's their platform. We have nothing to do. You just press a button and it loads to their platform, but. Everything on that thing when you go to watch all the podcasts or the music, that's theirs, right? This thing called Apple. As far as I know, they're running my stock, life, I'll tell you that. One of John Middlecoff's great stock buys, 191 sold it at 250 It's now at about 370 Up, <laughs> up, up, up. Wow. I don't think there's any stopping it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just had to sell at some point. Yeah. But Whoever, still, one day, it will be sold by somebody, and they'll, a year later, go, oh, I could have held on to it. But, but here's the thing. Yeah, you have to sell. My logic was, Corona, everything shut down. Who's going to buy Apple products? And then it was like, yeah, someone, and Apple Pay, and Apple Money, and Apple Music. I, it doesn't matter. That's why. Right. It was I a guess, good logic, because you're thinking all their factories in China, those are all shut down. Yeah, the logic was just, I, I was like, uh on a horse and it bucked me right off and the horse mm. just kept on riding right to uh right to where horses town. go yeah right to the gold <laughs> yeah. found the gold in the river uh how about the niners this is not what i'm about to say this is not a sponsored part of the show how about manscaped becoming the official uh body trimmer of the 49ers gonna be honest guy didn't see that coming did you <laughs> It hadn't occurred to me that that category was not filled on the 49ers checklist. Listen, you know, I think both of us call Guido a friend. Al's a really nice guy. Uh, really impressive guy. Yep. I, I I don't know this. I haven't even asked him about it. Was in the car this morning when it just got retweeted into my timeline. Maybe back to my Apple logic, Corona, you're not going to have tickets. I would say in a normal year, maybe, I, listen, I love Manscaped, and one of their, for those of you that listen to the ads, and I'm sure you've seen the ads on a bunch of podcasts, they tell you, like, talk about trimming your balls. Use those words. Get really graphic. Like, they loved it. That I would have thought the Niners, non-corona, and it could get weird, might not have linked up with them. Now, again, it's their product is something that a lot of people use, so it's pretty universal, but... I even saw they tweeted something like they wanted the Niners jokingly to be called like the official crotch trimmer of the NFL, you know, or something. And like, it didn't get approved. Like they, they will have fun with it. And maybe it's the Niners just being loose as a goose. I don't know. I look forward to Greg Papa's live read on radio. Fourth quarter is brought to you by Manscaped. Yeah. 
You know, There's Tim. G- <laughs> Next week, we're headed to Arizona for a you know Cardinal what it shows game. You though, guy, in all seriousness, in 2020, and I just think moving forward, and maybe it's always been like this with companies, but now advertisements, it's just you spend a lot of time on social media. You see so much. It's not just television commercials. I think you can never underestimate anything, right? Not this like Shark Tank. Like uh, if you had just be like, guy, there's this company that like sells right, horse shit. Right, One right. day they're gonna be a Google. Like yeah, you'd be like, what? But I'm just saying, like, hey, there's this company called Manscape. You've got them. I've got them. One day, they're fucking the biggest company in razors. Like, I'd believe it, right? You, but at the time when we first got them on the pod. Some ads like Manscaped, for those that want the nitty-gritty of how a podcast works, I get this a lot. Like, how do you guys make money on podcasts? I'm like, well, how does most media companies? Hashtag advertising. The reason I knew who Manscaped was, guy, was because one day I'm driving around, and I hear Lund read for Manscaped on KNBR. So whenever I hear a random ad on another show that I've never, and I had never heard of them before. Mm-hmm. I usually try to make either a mental note or write it down in my notes. So right when I get home, I can go to their Twitter account or Instagram account and ideally their Twitter account and DM them. And that's what I did. I had never, and then obviously now, once I think we got them on the pod, it felt like they were kind of, they were everywhere. They were big, yeah. I noticed them a lot on YouTube and now, but it's still back to when even we started doing business with them. You couldn't have convinced me they would have been an official sponsor of an NFL team. I, no. I wouldn't have believed it. But it shows. So I, I, I am done underestimating just companies in today's society, right? That are just like, and then we've got their product. We, when we tell you, like, obviously we get paid for any product that we push hard. But like DraftKings, I, I, I love playing DraftKings. Manscaped, the thing I fucking use it, not all the time, but probably every other week. Like I use a decent amount of time. Like I, I like their stuff. It's crazy. Somebody, you're just promo like, code yeah, AM, this, not promo code this, 49ers. This is going to work. Yeah, it, well, it is going to work. And to your point, I think maybe it's just accelerated by uh, the landscape. If all advertisers can, are spending you, less money. And I also think just the landscape of even if Corona hadn't existed, it's easier. Like you don't. In 97, you almost had to get like a World Series ad to just blow up, right? Or something you know, or on an NFL package. Now it's like you get on a couple of the right podcasts and maybe a couple YouTube channels. Like you can really kind of take a huge step. I would, I would guess. Do you think if the 49ers coach and uh, quarterback were ugly, they would have landed this manscape deal? Uh, it does help that when you just think the Niners, it feels like they kind of got a hairy team, right? Just guys that just need to trim up and just kind of let it go. When I just think the Niners, I, I think, I don't think like the Yankees, like this wouldn't work for the Yankees, right? Like feels like they're shaving every day with like a straight razor, <laughs> but it, but it would be even better. For yeah, the but I, I yeah, just I, I feel like it's one of those things that even a guy that has a beard, you got to trim it up a little bit, right? Yeah, because it does work for your your chest, your balls, your face. I try to if I'm going to use the face, I've used it down below. You got to wash it off. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's you. You know what difference? It's yeah, it's, that's a good. That's a good. Ah, uh, they're all follicles, John. They're all follicles. Fair. Uh, speaking of uh, young and good looking, did you? Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I said to you, "Have you seen the Mike uh, the Vrabel story?" And you said, "Yeah," but then you told me a different story. You told me the Greg Lloyd story. I hadn't heard the Greg Lloyd story. 
I heard the Rodney Harrison story on the Dan Helley podcast. And so we were just on the phone talking about this. And I guess the conclusion we raised is even though Kyle's pretty cool and McVeigh's pretty cool, Tomlin is really cool. Pete's cool in a different way. Cliff's, Cliff's pretty cool. Cliff's super cool. Is Vrabel the coolest coach in the NFL? Now, the story he told in and of itself doesn't make him cool. It's just that he told the story. And for those of you that missed it, Dan Helley tweeted it out. But basically, the story is that Rodney Harrison, the year he joined the Patriots, they were having a practice before the season starts. Rodney tackles Kevin Falk. An offensive lineman gets in Rodney's face. Rodney tells that guy to buzz off. Dante Scarnecchia, who is how old? Well, now he's probably 70. I would have thought he Yeah, five, 70. You're yeah, always bringing up Scarnecchia. Yeah. Scarnecchia gets in Rodney's face. Rodney tells him, I'll beat your ass, old man. And Vrabel told the story and then said him and Teddy Bruschi looked at each other and were like, damn, we're going to like this Rodney Harrison guy. So then it just led to you and I talking about Vrabel. You, were in, you saw him at the uh, Combine when you were there this year, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say I had a drink with him, but we were having drinks bought by the same person within the same... 10-foot radius. St. Elmo's and, Fire? Isn't that the place? What's the, uh, what's yeah, the whatever the main... Uh, what, no, it, it's the it's whatever the steakhouse is, like Prime 112. It's like the main bar that they all go to. And I was there with Deuce Staley. So I kind of... And Mike Silver was also there, and they're all buddies. So it was just, you know, kind of Deuce. And I, I think I've told this story in the podcast where Deuce was just looking at him. Football guy, like, being a running back. And in a passing league, just telling them how much he loved watching their playoff run, them running it down people's throats. And Vrabel giving, like, we're both old school guys. It's just just football porn. And I'm just kind of, like, acting like I'm part of the group, even though I'm not. He's just a badass. Like, we knew this before he ever became a coach. Like, you just think Mike Vrabel, you didn't think, ah, just some, you know, wussy linebacker that just made it because he could cover, right? You just think team captain, badass. I had this thought. We're trying to think of just different things to do during the next couple of months. Maybe I texted you to this to you. Maybe I didn't. It's like, we should do a segment where what coach in the NFL would you least trust? Like, if you you and your wife were on a break or you were given a hall pass, would you not want your wife or girlfriend just to go out on a date with? Right. And I think, and because I was having even be like thought. a post-divorce, uh, the last person you'd want to see him with. Or guy, even at like a party where you kind of get split up and she just ends up talking to him for a while. Let's say yeah. he's single. I, I think the most of the names would immediately Cliff would be bring up immediately, right? I think McVeigh would get some love because he is a good looking younger guy. Kyle, I don't think necessarily Kyle's like this good looking guy, even though he's not a bad looking guy. But you'd say, well, when you check the bank account numbers, you just did a little googling, you'd be like, God, this motherfucker's rich and he is pretty tall, skinny. Like he's not going to struggle. Belichick. <laughs> Yeah, I'd throw him out. He'd like Andy, him. I don't like, know, man. More... The ge- a genius mind. You just never. Women you are attracted to genius. <laughs> Very true. I think this guy, when you factor in, he feels well educated, but he feels like a guy's guy. He's successful, and he's done multiple things now. Yeah. He has like a, he's like a family man. He's huge. So you go, you know, just the natural instinct of a protector. Because I felt like if I was in a dark alley tonight. We're just standing next to him at the combine. Like, I want that guy on my side. Like, I understand why Belichick and the Steelers who drafted him went, I want that guy. Where do he, he, oh, he, did he overachieve from Boise State? No, he went to Ohio State. You know, he's just, he's kind of a blue chipper. Is he, he big, feels, is he not as big as person? No, he's 6'4". Yeah, he's fucking huge. But he feel he's got like this Tony Romo blue collar thing to him where you just, God, I just, 
I'd want to just watch a game with Vrabel. You know, he's just, I, I, I think he would be an underrated pick of, I think your girlfriend or wife might kind of fall in love being go, God, that's this a good call. Is everything I dreamed of when I was 15 and I was like, my, my Prince Charming. Well, if that's, I, if, I've, I've dated a couple girls who, you know, I wouldn't call football fans, but they know what's going on. They loved Mike Vrabel. Well, I would hope if that ever happens and my wife is in the same room with Vrabel, it's at like the Titan Super Bowl party and that Vrabel has already cut off his own dick like he threatened to to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> very, very true. Because wouldn't you say there would be a percentage of girls? I'd forgotten about that statement until you reminded me about that. <laughs> but he's Dedicated to his craft. I wonder if part of the factor in, I think his comment in jest was like, well, we already got four kids. I've been with my wife 25 yeah, years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I think part of his deal also is like, I've won Super Bowls out as a player. I won it as a coach. Like, talk about legendary status. Yeah. But there is an element, like, let's say Cliff. I think most people would just be like, Cliff's the best looking guy in the NFL, non-player. You go, well, there'd be a percentage of women that just immediately red flag him, like too good looking, something a little off. Like that picture at the uh, – for Draft. And, again, there would be a large percentage of people that are just like, he's so good-looking, he's rich, whatever. I had a couple girls comment to me, like, that's a little cheesy. Like, why is he not wearing socks? Like, what's this guy's deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little forced. Again, I never underestimate it, though. I, I just think Vrabel – what were his pictures of, like, his kids pretending to take a shit? Like, he's funny. You know, he, so he's making you laugh. He's a guy's guy. He's rich. He played. So he's got, like, Tom Brady as his friends, but he's also got these, like – the owner's his friend. Like, he's got this diverse group of people that he can lean on. Like, you ready for a party? Brady invites you to Kentucky Derby. You want to go to, like, a Warren Buffett-type meeting? You get together with, like, your owner and their friends. So he's just – he's kind of got every basis covered, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think – Won some that, playoff games, too. So it's like, this guy's a good coach. Everyone says that when he walks in. Well, I think the fact that he's a defensive coach is part of why he, he doesn't – maybe even get the full recognition for maybe all this stuff. Like, I think maybe you get more playoff for being good looking when you're also an offensive play caller. But I'm not even talking superficially here. I just mean if he were an offensive coach with his resume right now, he'd be talked about, what, like he's Shanahan almost? I I, I got one for you. Playoff wins. Vrabel, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, who has more? Well, it's got to be Vrabel, right? McVay just has – was McVay have two? I think they all three just have two. Think about that. All three have two. I'm trying to find his coaching numbers, not his. Um, this they stats. didn't make the, they didn't make the playoffs the year before. Because uh, remember, Mariota got hurt and they had a playing game with the Colts. Yeah, the so Colts he's two and him. one. Yeah. So Kyle's two and one. McVay is two and two. Vrabel's two and one. Now he is nine and seven. But if he were an offensive coach, he maybe he'd be the guy helping his quarterbacks out. Who's nine and oh. seven? Uh, Vrabel. You're saying his one playoff season was nine and seven? No, I'm saying both years he went nine and seven. Oh, you, so you're just saying he's? It's not like he won twelve games yet as a coach or something. Yeah, that's gotcha. I I do think though the two playoff wins. You go, who would he beat? Belichick on the road and the MVP on the road. And like he went nine and seven with wins. two different quarterbacks. That's the other thing you give him credit for. Yeah, I tip my hat to him this that playoff run. It was really impressive. So is he underappreciated, or does everyone watching this go, no, I respect. I think Mike Vrabel's a really good football coach. Yeah, I, th- I think most – I just don't think he gets thought of 
that much in a football coach. Like, I think most guys, you just bring him up, you go, God, Frabel's a badass. Frabel's cool. Yeah. But he does not get talked about like Kyle and Sean McVay. It might just take a little more time, too. I mean, he's only been a head coach for two years. And Could they be a sleeper this year? Could they be a sleeper? Like, just, I don't... They just weren't the their ceiling, I guess, would be my question. I mean, 10, 11 wins, but to me, they're going to be a tough playoff team, right? Just the way they play and how physical they are. His style... It's almost like a baseball team. Like, they're probably only going to win 90 games in a year. But, like, in the playoffs, they're pitching, defense. Like, they, they're going to do the things that matter in big games well. You know what's funny? The year he was the defensive coordinator, they were 32nd in defense. For the, for the Texans. Yeah. But then his first year in Tennessee, they're third in points. And then last year, they were 12th in points. So, is he going to roll out, like, three years in a row? He's at a top – like, if they're 10th or 9th in points this year – and he's just three top 15 defenses, boom, out of the gate. Because if a guy came out, boom, out of the gate, was three top 15 offenses, we'd be giving him a lot of credit. Well, you said it was three two years ago? His first, his debut year, they were third in points on defense. And then last year, they were 12. He did, though. Technically, I don't think he, I was reading about him when I had the thought about what guy you, you wouldn't want your girl to be around for long. I just did a little Googling. Oh, I just typed his name into Twitter, I think, to just see what, like the latest buzz about talking about Mike Vrabel. Dean Pease, remember the old guy, had yeah. just retired. So he had had him two years. And the Ohio State defensive coordinator that just replaced Halfway. the dude that went to Boston College. When I went to a Titans practice two years ago, I went out to a, uh, a bachelor party, and I made it a week. Took my golf clubs, and I went to a Titans practice. They had this DB coach who I was like, God, I recognize this guy, this white-haired older guy who was just the life of the practice. I mean, it was just you, you walked out there. Well, Vrabel had befriended him when they were at Ohio State with Urban Meyer and fell in love with the guy. He brings him on his staff. Ryan Day just hired that guy to be his Kerry coordinator. Coons. Yeah. Kerry yeah, Coons. Yeah, kind of he's kind of an older guy, but he is just Fit. one of those figures. When you go to a practice, he's just, wow, you know? Do less defensive coordinators call defense? I mean, defensive feels, head coaches kinda, call defense than offensive Kind of feels that way because I, I do think it's easier to chime in on any given play with like, hey, let's run a double-A gap blitz, where it's harder to be consistently like, hey, I know, I know you set up that the right-left screen. Isn't that what attacker? Harbaugh did to Greg Roman all the time, though? Yeah, but that's not a healthy way to do it, right? No. Part of being a good play caller is like all about the – it's like – setting up your jab with your upper – like, you kind of are in your own little world. I, I think defense, in theory, would be – now, some people, like, Belichick would get on this and be like, you guys are fucking morons. What are you talking about? And that might be true, too. But you're not setting things up necessarily on defense as much because you're always kind of guessing what they're going to do, right? I guess Belichick would tell you, well, that's – unless you're scouting them well, you kind of – you shouldn't yeah, have you're a saying good idea more reactionary. Coming. Yeah, I guess, yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm no more offensive guys. Uh, but in any event, Vrabel, stud. Yeah, to keep your girl away from him. Now, he's, ha he's happily married, so he probably wouldn't even give her the time of day either. Just for your own, just so you, if, you're, if you're the jealous type, you know, save yourself the angst. I just think he's an underrated guy just in general. You could just even say, like, athletes in the league. Like, just... A pro baseball player, a pro football player, and Vrabel walk into a bar. You can't convince me that Vrabel is, if he's a single guy, is not as likely to come out with the, you know, whoever they all three want to get a date with, right? Like he's, I take my chances with that guy. Big, good looking, 
rich, accomplished, smart, and blue collar. He's like, to me, just the total package. Where Cliff is just feels a little bougie, whether that's fair or not. Doesn't have any playoff wins either. He's never, it's like, oh, so you coached in college for like seven years? You guys ever go to uh, championship ball games? No, we just, we never finished better. But than here's the thing Cliff, with Cliff, it could change a lot faster than it can change. One, they go, they win 10 games, nine games. They go nine and seven this year. Guy, Cliff is, Cliff is one playoff berth away from being Dayton Blake Lively, right? I mean, just Cliff is a, Cliff Mary. is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yeah, I know, but she was just the hottest girl that came to my mind. She, she, he is a playoff victory away from having the number one Hollywood starlet. Big like, boom. As a, yeah. as a, you know, taking to the ESPYs next year. All right, John, before we move on, let's tell the people about mybookie.ag. The promo code is HAM and the number one. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. A lot of soccer, I can attest to that. A lot of golf going on right now as well. The good thing with soccer is it's got like a baseball vibe to it. It's just every day, and it's really easy to gamble on. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. A lot of inventory, as you would – I mean, how, has there been four or five games every day for the last th- – you know? Well, today there was two, but, yeah, there's just like minimum two. Today even there was the first the, – it started later than usual today, and it was 10 a.m. Pacific, so you don't have to wait long. Have they – however, however they're doing this – because of Corona, like the setup of the schedule has been awesome. Just the inventory. I also think golf. One thing I just double checked yesterday. I was like, "Who's playing in this tournament?" And so I just went mybookie.ag, clicked on golf. Uh, most like you know odds to win. The, it's the same exact field, guy. DeChambeau, Rory, Brooks, DJ, Justin Thomas, Fratelli, Jordan Spieth. It's <laughs> Fratelli. Uh, Mike Wallace, who I'd never heard of, who almost won the thing. Uh, I don't even. They got Abraham Answer, my yeah, man, are growing on me. But unlike soccer, where you're just betting one match, go, betting golf to win is a little difficult. I do think there are a lot of really, really good bets in golf for top tens and top twenties. Right, you can pick a DJ to get a top ten and get like three to one. Oh, right, where you're betting like some of these soccer matches, like one to one is good odds. Yeah. You know, and betting, picking a golfer to win. Listen, I still like doing it every once in a while, but I'm more likely to live bet it on a Saturday than I, I did it last year a lot. It's basically impossible, right? Even though I do like your Bryson DeChambeau PJ Championship, I also think Webb Simpson is. You know, we have to double check the odds there. That's another. Just he's won an Olympic, similar, easier version of Olympic, but same setup, mm-hmm. right? I just think he's he's way better now than he was in 2012. So I I still like Bryson, but I, I kind of like Webb too. So just keep an eye on those tournaments. Again, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, get your gamble on anything you want. MyBookie, when you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid. Or you bet you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid. Uh, and again, when you use that promo code, they'll match your deposit 50%. You can decline the bonus because, as you say, John, when you accept the bonus, you got to bet the whole bonus before you can pull your money out. But either way, use that promo code HAM, number one. Uh, we uh, we appreciate that. Big time. Like it. You looking at something else there? I was looking to see what Webb Simpson's odds were for the PGA Championship. Because you're right. DeChambeau's 25 to 1. Webb. Let me just search Webb really quick. They don't have him up yet. 
He doesn't even have odds. They just announced, by the way, while you're talking, Monday they made the announcement, not that we were holding our breath, that they are going to have the event without fans. At the PGA Championship. Yeah. One thing I was thinking, if you can get a media credential, does that mean you're able to walk wherever you want? Because if you could just I don't know, but is all the media allowed at these events right now? I don't think so. You're right. Which is actually a good excuse. I wanted to go. Yeah. And I was like, I'm always looking for an excuse to not have to go, so right. I'm I'm torn. But if you I told know. me that we could just go inside the ropes and just follow like Kepka for a day, that'd be uh, John, sweet. I'll be outside the ropes. It's, what's the difference out at this thing? Okay, outstanding point. Why does it even matter? Um, I don't I don't think they're giving away media credentials. Do you? If I, I, I did not get the impression that that's uh that yeah that they are. But would you quarantine for 14 days for four days worth of inside the ropes? Anything you wanted? Yeah. Four I days I would. inside the ropes. That'd yeah. be, it'd just be an unreal experience. You'd be able to tell for like 20 years, right? Yeah, I would do that. Because you get some TV time, too. Get some TV time. All the social posting. I I was... Uh, Monday, this thing went around on Twitter. People like... Or maybe it was Sunday. Post your best unintentional photobomb. Yeah. I was trying to find a picture of us behind Navarro Bowman at the pick of the stick, but couldn't find it. I, I found it. But the picture I had, I d- you couldn't quite tell what was going on. There's there like a part of the picture where, because I posted my pick, which I think is a little better. It's much clearer what's going on. It's me, Montana, and Steph. Oh, that was me, Montana, good one. looking to the right, and Steph looking at the basket. That was a good one, yeah. yeah. During the warm-ups Monta- of a basketball game. Uh, to me, the Bowman one would be unreal if we could get the angle where it's Bowman running, Harbaugh running, me and you. Yeah, because really Harbaugh is probably Chris Berman th- next five feet, and Chris Berman, the Swami, and Boys to Men were probably standing somewhere. Probably, close yeah. Three of them. I don't, we don't know what happened to the fourth. Got something bad with his vocal cords. Uh, how about this, Milkoff? So Mike Silver goes on NFL Network on uh, Tuesday and says that the Seahawks and Ravens have had internal discussions about signing Antonio Brown. Uh, Silver said that one of the he like he made the way he said it was the Seahawks have talked about maybe having a late season ad in AB if he gets suspended and then he mentions the fact that the Ravens have his cousin Hollywood Brown uh, on the team and then Vic Tafer retweeted it and said teams happy that Brown has been quiet on social media the few Raiders practices he attended he dominated why Gruden kept giving him chances so there's a couple ways a would the Niners even with Debo getting hurt think about it we've talked about that but also b would it matter to the 49ers if Antonio Brown ended up in the division uh I would say, say no he's not going to be a Niner and I do think it would matter if he ended up in the division I think it would 100% matter that he ends up in the division but I'm with you it would be the most shocking thing those guys have done if they were to sign a b I think Right. Yeah, yeah. That that would be a stunning move. If a story broke, the Niners were bringing an AB to talk with them. I, I'd be a little shell shocked. Where Seattle makes perfect sense. If you, if you told me there's a story that they've talked about it for more than 20 minutes, I'd be do surprised. We, do we agree on this? Antonio Brown is going to play in the NFL again. Yes. I think that's the lock of the century unless he goes to jail or something. It feels like someone told him, dude, just... Stop getting filmed. Stop tweeting. You'll get back in the league. But that's you got to do that to get back in the league. I, I'm as pro-talent as anybody. And he probably needs the he, money. Money's running out. He is remarkable. 
He is he he had one of the great six year stretches in the history of the NFL. That the clip he had. Now the Raiders defense has like Haberman, Middlecoff at the time, and like six other guys. So it wasn't exactly the eighty five Bears. There was a play I remember they tweeted out during OTAs where he ran around seven guys. And it, it's they're in shorts and t shirt where all you gotta do is touch them. They couldn't get a hand on him. And I remember retweeting it like, oh my God. You know, it just, it's probably a little harder to do that in a Steeler practice, but Antonio had been doing that in games, right? You had been sitting on your couch over the last five years and just been like, damn, AB's doing all this crazy shit. He is nuts, though, guy. I mean, he is insane. That, I don't know how you forget the, the eight months of, remember before he got traded, he kind of did a couple interviews with Jeff Darlington. It was starting to get weird. He gets traded, kind of gets less weird. But then the feet thing happened, and then we go back and we learn what a big pain he was while during OTAs, like when that was happening, remember? It was like, yeah, Antonio Brown would just leave right in the middle of practice. Right. Or he stormed out because of the helmet. And no one knew that was going on. And then the Mayock thing, and then to go to the Patriots to last a game, sneaky one-game performance, touchdown. Look at this. The I mean, if you told me four, eight targets, four receptions, 56 yards – a touchdown. You told me you were getting. <laughs> that was one game, and that was one game out. Like, imagine if you got back into a rhythm. One game out, guy. It was also. Wouldn't you say, over the past decade, when you go, what's the hardest offense to learn in the NFL? Everyone's like, oh, fucking Josh and Tom. It's like they got all these crazy calls. Four catches, eight targets. Like Tom's. Is... They did feed him. They did feed him, but still, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Now he's he had way fifteen than... touchdowns in twenty eighteen. Guy, he's incredible. He's a Hall Led of Fame talent. He's a Hall of Fame player. But the performance to me, after he got cut by the Patriots for the next like four months, is almost weirder than anything happened previously. And he showed up to training camp in an air balloon with fried feet. Right? That happened. Fried, fried feet. feet. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think it got dramatically weirder. Could, could you? I get his talent is immense. I don't, I don't know if I'd mess with him, man. I know that I would not. I think if you're the 49ers in particular, there's nothing better than being good and being able to do it on your terms, not feel like you're in a desperate spot. The good news is, let me ask you this. If I told you, knock on wood, if you're with me, that Debo Samuel uh, tore his ACL and was out for the season, not broke his foot and is out 10 to 12 to 14 weeks, would that change your thinking at all if, if you knew they were going to be without Debo Samuel this year? I, I would feel more comfortable, like, and I don't know who these players are, but every year there are these guys out there, right? I'm inquiring about can I trade a second or third-round pick for a guy. Yeah, no, right? I, I'm, so we, I, I wouldn't mess with him under any circumstances if I were the Niners. That said— If I told you he's on his best behavior and they got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Antonio Brown with something to prove, and Russell Wilson, I go, holy shit, that did— that offense could be pretty good. I mean, he's throwing bombs to DK. Antonio's kicking your ass. And it feels like Lockett's been one of the most underappreciated players in the league for like five straight years. So why would it be different for the Seahawks than for the 49ers? Is it because the, the 49ers are much earlier in this kind of evolution the 49ers were of in the establishing who we are? The 40, the, while they are the same team when they play each other, independently they're very different when they go out and play other opponents. I witnessed the Niners, whose team, the roster is much better. So you're saying if the Niners were worse, they would then consider this if they were not a Super Bowl contender. To me, Seattle goes, we're not 
as good as these other top teams, though we kind of are because we have Russell Wilson, but are, we're playing with just these players that aren't – we don't have enough blue-chip players on our team. That's why they were aggressive to get Clowney. That's why it makes sense here. Like, to me, the Ravens, why would you even begin to touch them? Beside, now, you know why. You said Hollywood Brown. Remember, there was that picture, Hollywood and Lamar, all Florida guys with AB. I bet Lamar's like, listen, we like this guy. Lamar, I love you. You're 23. I just, I, you're still a little young. Let's just let us make this decision. I do think there is an easy part of having him on your team, which is that it's, there's probably not any discussion if something weird happens about whether you cut him or not. Right? Like the Patriots, he was on the team. Yeah. It ha- like, I, in other words, I don't. You think, don't have to pay. You don't have to pay him any money. No, 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 right. No. You're going to have the leverage. He's not going to have the leverage. So I don't really think. Like, let's say he ends up on the Seahawks. From a Niners perspective, there will be some people that would say, "Well, good. He's a headache. Maybe he'll be a problem for them." And to that, I would say, if he's a problem, they're just going to cut him. Like, he's not going to derail their season. They're not. He's not going to have that power like he did when he showed up in Oakland. The the flip side is he might actually be good. I I do think it's it's kind of he is no a guy. Low, he 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 is good. Well, I mean plays. he might actually right play. Yeah, he is high risk to get kicked off the team, but he's he's low risk to blow your season up because you know it's one strike and you're out with him. So I, I like if he ended up on the Seahawks, that'd be doesn't mean he would actually affect the season, but I do think there's a real a real chance that he'd be a good football player for him. I mean, that he'd be able to survive at least, I don't know. He plays in one of the two games. That could decide. That's the thing, too, right? He doesn't have to play 16 games. What if he plays against you once and decides home field advantage in the NFC? Great point. What if – do you believe that if you're kind of a crazy person, are you better off in a disciplined environment or are you better off in a kind of pro player you get to do you like Seattle? Because you could argue – it might not be the ideal spot for him. The Ravens, a little more buttoned down, just in the sense of they don't mess around as much. Part of Pete's deal is messing around, loosey-goosey, on the players. Now, I'm not saying there's, it's still you got to focus and learn, but he it is a little looser. It's not like, like the Harbaugh Niners were like, they if weren't going to argue for it to work, you'd say maybe he is the kind of person, right? People are like this. You were like this as a kid. You've told stories. Telling you to not do something is how to get you to do something. So you would also say, though, you had a structure in your home and you needed that structure. So I don't know that you can say all people are one way or the other. If you're trying to teach somebody how to be an adult, then no matter what kind of person they are, they probably need some structure. But if you're just trying to get the most out of them for a football season, yeah, maybe less rules. Uh you know, like college basketball, if you have less rules for people to break, then people will break less rules. If you just have less rules for them to break, then maybe he'll break less rules, right? I mean, uh, if it's a rule that you can't go to Vegas on an off day before a playoff game, then Dennis Robin broke a rule. But if it's not a rule, then he didn't break the rule. Because Pete's a little Phil Jackson, right? Like, Michael, he's just got to go to Vegas. Let him go, right? Pete's, Pete's got some of that, and that's what makes him great. You could argue it would be the best spot for him, right? Because Pete's open-minded. Well, we've already seen, like, <laughs> let's go to this. We've seen how it works in the alternative world, right? Where? Go to somewhere super tight? Yeah. But I think the reason they cut him in New England, right, was... I just meant Pittsburgh. Yeah, but where do they fall on the spectrum? I think they're 
they seem moderately buttoned. I mean, not moderate. They're buttoned down organization. I don't know how they manage discipline day to day, but they're a buttoned down place. Yeah. Because New England, it felt like he was going to be all right there, but part of it was Tom was on his ass. And then the, the thing snowballed about the sexual assault right. and Robert that, Kraft. And, that's not know, about him of, being a pain in the ass. That was just like, we no. got to get out of this. Now, could he have lasted in New England for two months? I think it would have been hard, right? Yeah. I, I, I would just call him red flag, don't touch. But it's easy to say that, and then he's kicking your ass 10 catches for yeah, 180 me, if, on if Sunday said, Night Football. Do you want your rival to sign him? And if you answered yes, it's because you think he can, like, subvert their season and leadership and just, like, fuck the whole thing up. I'd say, no, I don't want my rival to sign him. Because if he fucks up, they'll just cut him and it won't matter. But if he's good, he's going to be—but if he plays, he's going to be great. Agreed. It's not like their quarterback. With all due respect, it's not Ryan Tannehill. Like, Russell Wilson will make the most of it. And you're right, DK Metcalf is good. They'd be pretty cool on offense. (laughs) Their offense would be really expensive. We already watch all their game. games, but yeah. They'd make it a lot harder to ignore. Big time. Um, how about the Trent Williams? So we did – we we talked about Trent Williams the other day. Um, And when we talked about Trent Williams, we showed the photo of Trent, but it was like a Jamal Adams topic. Like oh, he, had he, linked, tagged, he had linked press. Yeah, he tagged he tagged Jamal Adams. Um, and part of the deal was he signs the deal with the Niners, and he got half of his money advanced. So like his twelve and a half million dollar salary, the Niners just gave him six and a half or six, however the math worked. I wonder what that feels like. Pretty good. <laughs> it's got to be a good feeling. I told you it was going to come in. Just checking your bank account. I was just, I, I was going to text you before. I didn't get the money yet, but from one of our ad agencies, it was just one of the payments from Untucket came. And it, you know, it's not quite six and a half million. You know, you're like, ah, that's got to feel good. Because it felt good when Untucket money came through. Yeah. I can't it's also imagine not an what advance. It's, like. it's for work we've already done. That's also true. When it's like Parag's like, yeah, the advance is in your account. I'm like, oh, my. God, that's got to be a good feeling. I don't, I, it, see, I'm torn because on one hand, an advance is a great feeling. On the other hand, it feels better to have already done the work and then gotten paid as opposed to you got paid. Now it's like, oh, now I got to go do the work. So now half of the work you do, you're doing it for free because you already got the money. Yeah. But he hasn't worked for a year. Right? I, so I'd say it like this. There's a big difference between working out at noon, knowing you're about to have pizza for dinner, than having pizza for dinner and working out at 8 a.m. because you already had the pizza. Yeah. Very true. I had a pizza advance, so that's why I'm on the bike today. Yeah, very true. Now, the difference being pizza's already gone, $6.5 million in your bank account. Here's part of the problem, though. In his situation, it'd be like you get the pizzas in front of you, you know you need to work out later, but you haven't eaten in a while and you're starving. So you'd have like the he, pizza. He, he has not worked, right? He took it a is. year off where he didn't get paid. That's a good so call. It, it, it's actually like I – because typically you're right. He's got the $6.5 million advance. It, what's his contract? Twelve, twelve and a half million dollars. So, so yeah. So he's gonna basically you put out six million dollars over a sixteen game period of time. You you could be thinking, well, if I just wouldn't have taken the advance, my checks would be more than double. But in the situation, and this is back to when I sold the Apple stock, separate from the Corona, I just I wanted to buy something else, or I, I had made a decent profit on it, wanted to move it. You just at a given time, it's easy to be like, well, if I wouldn't have sold that home. Well, you needed that money to buy your next home. If I wouldn't have sold that piece of stock, it'd be triple. Well, I needed the money to make a down payment on 
three trucks for my business, whatever, right? Yeah. He might, there might be a chance, like, I got a mortgage due in two months and I'm running out of money, right? Well, you would also say he's in the perfect situation, back to your original point, which is ate half the pizza, working out, but it's slash, it's partly to work off the pizza, but it's partly because I want to have pizza again later. And maybe that's the best situation to be in, which is the situation he's in. Half the money for the work he's going to do, half the money still going to come to him after he does it. But that's not the new part of the story. The new part of the story is what our buddy Field Yates posted, which is uh, on Tuesday he reported this. As part of the deal, the Niners agree that they will not, cannot tag Trent Williams after the contract. So, and then he added, the eventual goal is for him to uh, get a long-term deal for both sides. The Niners would like that too. So maybe we're getting a little more insight into why he ended up on the 49ers, right? They agreed to pay him money up front, and now they've agreed we're not going to tag you. Wouldn't you say typically a player of Trent Williams' caliber, assuming he's still the seven-time pro bowler, the all-pro type guy, never hits free agency? He either gets enormous extension before, or if he ever gets to a point, even they're in a pinch, they just franchise him. Let's say he comes back and has a Pro Bowl-level season for the Niners. There's a decent chance I'd have to look at the list, and it's hard. Like, you look at the list now, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, Jamal Adams, uh, J.J. Watt. Like, all these guys are going to be free agents. I'm, J.J.'s older. But, you know, there's always these young, like, in-their-prime players that all get extended over the next three months. It's like extension, extension, extension. These three guys are going to get franchise, and the free agent class is Haberman and Middlecoff and, like, Golden Tate, Right. If this guy is – it's a lock. Unless he has a career-ending injury, he's going to be a free agent. Now, we're assuming he's going to be good, which I think you always got to be careful with an older player. But his track record and just some of those videos of him jumping out of pools and over things, he's a freak, right? And you'd say, based on his resume of lining up, every time he's lined up, he's been a top two or three player in every field he's played in since he's entered the NFL. So he's probably still going to be pretty good. He's going to hit free agency. Unless, I guess, the counter would be, could he sign some mega extension with the Niners? During Which the year. would always be possible. But if I told you he signed a mega extension with the Niners, you'd be like, that would be a, it'd be a huge amount of money, right? Because if he's having a good year, he's like, well, if I hit free agency, I'm going to get a decent chance I'll be the best free agent on the market, right? Even if it's just, he's 32 years old, I'm given a contract for basically... You know, three years, but guaranteed like 20 a year. So give them 60 guaranteed. It's yeah. a lot of money. Like yeah. Most free agents I, don't get that much money. Maybe the reason it would happen is the year's going well. He feels good. They feel really good about him. He looks like he's 100%. And based on his experience in Washington, he feels like just something close to market value. He just is, he's happy and he puts a value on being in a place where he's happy. He just had to battle to get out of Washington for two years. He doesn't want to mess with it. Now, you could argue, well, if you're good, the Niners will want you anyway. Just Let's just see what the market's going to pay you and then make them pay you that. But wouldn't you say— Or, or, let, or say, hey, the market's paying me 60. Just give me 53, and let's make this work. For sure. But the one thing you know as a tackle, like a star left tackle, good teams are going to want you too, right? Like right. the elite teams would be— Jamal Adams' but, list. Yeah, the, the, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Eagles— the Seattle, like I'm talking, the final eight of the playoffs. There's a decent chance we have to like dive, do a deep dive into the rosters and who they drafted and stuff. Would probably be on at least half the team those teams list. Like, hey, we can get this guy. Be like, okay, let's cut these three guys and we'll go sign them. Right? 
He's that level of a player. Yeah. So there is, I would say, over 50% chance he's just a one-year guy for for San Francisco. And I wouldn't go like 100% chance one-year guy. I'd go like 55. Just because the money is going to be a huge factor on him doing this means, remember, the reason he left Dan Snyder wasn't because they were called the Redskins, wasn't because the team sucked. Like They were butting heads over money issues and some issues like with the doctor and just some other stuff, but it got back to money. And now he's going to have the chance to really hit free agency, I wouldn't say in the prime of his career, but if he has a Pro Bowl year, teams will go, this guy is one of the best athletes in the league. He just His resume speaks for itself. I think Jason Peters is a good comp for him. A freak athlete that played left tackle into his late 30s. This guy could definitely do it for three more years. He took a year off, so he's got a little left, less wear and tear. You know, if the Niners have to get into a bidding war, Probably he's not a niner, right? If someone's going to pay him like $70 million guaranteed, which, hell, yeah. I mean, who knows with the finances of the league. Yeah, you stuff. gave up a third and a fifth to have a left tackle in a year you're trying to win the Super Bowl because your left tackle retired. So What would you say you best case that. scenario is, right? Third and a five, you get Trent Williams. It's going really well. You can make him the highest paid tackle in the league with like 55 guaranteed, but still feel like in a couple years this deal is going to look cheap. Yeah. Do you think that's the ideal move for the Niners? I don't know if the ideal move is to make him the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. I mean, but the what ideal if he's mo- the be- what if he's the best left tackle in the league? Yeah, well, then he's the best left tackle. The problem is we're talking about the scenario. Has George Kittle been paid yet? If so, how much has been George? Has George Kittle been paid twenty eight million dollars or forty one million dollars or thirty five million dollars? I know he's an older player, but Richard Sherman's a free agent too. Richard Sherman is saying he's going to have a he's better every year because he's smarter. That's what he told Kevin Hart. So, uh. Fred Warner's going to – I mean, I just – I don't know. Can you afford to have the highest-paid left tackle when you might have the highest-paid tight end and one of the highest-paid pass – is is George Kittle the highest-paid tight end or is he one of the highest-paid pass catchers? Like, which is it? You know what I mean? I'd say I'd say this, though. Let's say – You might have the – are you going to have the highest-paid pass rusher when Nick Bosa tops Joey's contract? But here's my pushback on that. Nick Bosa's going into a second year in the league. He's got well, two more years. You're under right. Contract. You could be out of Trent I, I, I Williams' so, deal by the time that comes around. I, I just think sometimes with the Bosa's, and I get why we do it. We got to have to pay Nick Bosa. We do it like when a guy becomes a star. You got to pay Derwin James. Like he's a fucking rookie. You know, it's like because just we got we got the fifth year option that we don't even need to pick up for two more years. Because just pump our brakes a little bit. You know, because look at Eric Armstead got paid. Now I'm not Bosa's way ahead of him. You even Buckner. Buckner got paid after his fourth year. Now again, Bosa's on a trajectory better than these guys, but I just we do that a lot. Like you know, you're gonna get what's this Kyler Murray deal gonna look like? Fuck, I don't know. Let's just see if he can uh, win a game that matters. Like Lamar, what is Lamar Jackson's contract? I've already seen some people like how much. I don't know. Are we 100 percent sure they get some historic deal? He's going into year three. See if they win a playoff game. If I was them, I'd at minimum ride this out two more years. He's the 32nd pick in the draft. I mean, you're just the thing with quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the thing with quarterbacks too is you're like, even if he's if he's good enough to become, like, what's going to be cheaper? What the Chiefs are paying Pat Mahomes, or what the franchise tag is in the first year of that contract? But, but might be the, the tag. Guy. He's he's still two years away from the tag. No, no, I understand. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, he's a bad example, though. I think Lamar is a better one. Like, if Lamar were to win another MVP in the next two years. On the 32nd pick in the NFL contract, two MVPs on that contract, 
you could argue, given the value, it's the greatest value in the history of one individual contract, right? You got two MVPs on paying a guy average like $3 million a year. Yeah. It's, it's, un, it's unheard of. You, you could argue you might as well just sell it because trade them. You know, it doesn't get any better than that. Doesn't get any better than that. Well, right. I think back to Trent Williams, ultimately, the Niners want to, in, like, this is a position where if you have to pay for one of the best players in the NFL, you'll do it, right? Well, he's a Shanahan guy, right? They, they already like him. I include Mike in this too, but clearly, like the family is a big fan of this guy. They might have the highest paid left tackle and the highest paid tight end lining up shoulder to shoulder. But you'd say, in if fact, they have the highest in paid two tight years, end, it's not bo- a terrible thing if he's thirty million dollars guaranteed, right? Well, yeah, that's why I go back to: is he the highest paid tight end, or is he is he one of the highest paid pass catchers? But if they're both on this team in twenty twenty one, it will be the highest paid left tackle. Well, I shouldn't say we don't know that that he'll definitely be the highest. But paid remember left tackle, that. But. Uh, Trent Brown became the highest paid tackle in the league for the Raiders a couple years ago. And the number, I think the total guaranteed was like mid forties. It's not, it's not Khalil Mack money, yeah. right? It's not Russell Wilson money. I, a lot of these positions, it feels like a lot. And I think it is on your books for a couple years, but it's not Jared Goff. You're tied for four seasons, right? At 25, 30, a pop. A lot of these deals are basically two- to three-year deals, even for, like, Michael Thomas. Like, if you really dove into Michael Thomas or, like, Amari's deal, they're not as crazy as even close to, like, Kirk Cousins' deal, right? <laughs> they're just I, a lot more flexible. Now, Laramie Tunzel, if, if I'm Trent Williams, this is why I didn't want a franchise tag. I let Laramie Tunzel get paid. He becomes the highest-paid tackle in the league. I play this season. It's clear by tape I'm a better player than him, and I go, pay me my money. Pay, what's that guy in the uh, the famous GIF that always goes viral of the dude from like, I don't, it looks like Kent State or like a junior college. He's like, show me my money. You know, and the whole locker room goes crazy. <laughs> that's, that's what I'd be doing if I was Trent. So the irony is that right now in practical guarantees, Trent's contract is fifth highest. So he's already been passed. Oh, Trent back in the day. Yeah, yeah. The contract he's on right now. Lane Johnson at 55. Taylor Luan at 50. Laramie. Laramie. I guess Laramie already got paid. Yeah. Do you 50. remember that? Well, didn't they have to pay him when they got him? No, they didn't remember. So when did that happen? It's a hell of a question. I don't remember that deal getting 20, But Maybe it happened this offseason, 2020 to 2023. So it, it did happen this year. I'd have to text some people around the league about this fourth candidate. I'm pretty sure no one ever talks about Jake Matthews like one of the better offensive tackles in the league. No, Do you I, feel you hear that name? I, I don't know. Like the other guys. I think the Falcons, for uh, if we said – the last five years, pick all the good teams, put them in a pot. So get rid of the shitty teams. Get rid of, like, the Browns, whatever. Of all these good teams, who's the one that gets talked about the least? Falcons, I don't know if they'd be the highest on the list, but I think they'd be pretty high. Of the bad teams that uh, gets talked about no, the No, of, of, like, just the teams that have been solid over the last five years. Yeah, but I also think they do a lot of weird shit. Like, they pay guys. Like, you pay Jake Matthews what? They, they, they pay some guys. Like, they paid uh, Desmond Trufant. They... It just makes them come. For every Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they've done a lot of other. Well, they do they just least, a lot of they, stuff in general. Well, the one thing I've always read, and I don't, I've only met Dimitrov once, or maybe twice, and he was cool as shit both times. I know a bunch of people in the NFL that like him a lot because when you meet him, he's like a genuine, he's like nice. From what I've read and just kind of watching their contracts over the years, he's like, this is what Howie, I'd say, is really, really good at. Howie's not big on signing his own guy just to claim he signed his own guy if he's not good enough. Now, ideally, he wants a Lane Johnson, right, or a Zach Ertz. Belichick's king of this. I think Seattle, good teams are good at this. 
you want to sign the guys you draft who are worth the big money, but just because you drafted Jake Matthews in the top 10, if he's not worth elite tackle money, you don't need to let him walk. The Ravens are king of that, right? See ya, buddy. See ya. Adios. Thanks for everything. Go get him. We'll see ya. Right? Ozzy's just high. F- we, we can't thank this guy enough. Ozzy did that for like 15 years. We loved it. You know, every, every Raven tweet was like, you go get him, Pernell McPhee. We appreciate a little minute montage of all his plays. The Falcons are the opposite. They're like, we drafted this guy in the first round. Well, yeah, I mean, looking back, he probably should have been like a third round pick. Why would you just give him $15 million a year? And then every year it's like, who has the least amount of cap space? The Falcons, you know? They have no wiggle room ever. Now, part of that is, because I bet Dimitrov would be like, yeah, huge reason is that. They let, they let Hooper go. Matt. Well, because they, they had no choice right now. They were so up against it. Because you'd argue, okay, let me get this straight. Hooper, you drafted him. He's actually good. <laughs> like He would be the guy, if you just said, for Hooper, money he got, or Jake Matthews, wouldn't you rather just keep And he Hooper? plays a position that's cheap to pay. It's cheap to pay, and he's legit. Your, your star quarterback likes him. He balances him and Julio and Calvin. To me, that's the pushback on Thomas. You would, like, the Rosemans, the Belichicks, they would have fe- kept Hooper. Like, you're right. He's the, you have, a, like, four or five Hoopers. You're never in cap trouble. You have four or five Jake Matthews. You have to let Hoopers leave. I forgot about that. They let Austin Hooper walk. Now, Dimitrov would be like, well, we traded for uh, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, see how that goes. John, before we get any further, let's tell the people about Raycon. Raycon, earbuds, wireless. You go to buy, B-U-I, Raycon. That's R-A-Y-C-O-N. So buyraycon.com slash ham for 15% off Raycon's wireless earbuds. Okay, you already know Raycon earbuds Started just about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. You've had them for a while. I've had them for a while. Their newest model that we both have, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet. They last for over six hours before you have to uh, recharge them. Seamless, seamless Bluetooth pairing. It's really easy. You just press a button and they're paired with your phone uh, or any other device you're using. Raycons, uh, their ear, the wireless bu- earbuds are so comfortable. They fit right in your ear. They, they look slick. Nothing hangs over. Uh, I had the black one. What color do you have? I got blue. Yeah, the black and blue. They're sweet. I mean, I go jogging in them. They don't fall out, work out in them hard, sweat in them. They, don't do, they stay right in. They have a nice, uh, nice comfortable fit. I actually uh, sent them to my dad. My mom says for uh, Father's Day, my mom said, uh, your dad needs some new earbuds. And she like sent me a link to... This pair, she was looking, she said, how does this look? And I clicked the link, and it's AirPods for $60. And I said, it looks like a scam. Why don't we get them some Raycons? And she said, what's that? And I said, Mom, buy Raycon.com slash ham. What are you talking about? What's that? Can I give a quick 30-second story? I, I have never had very good experience on the phone with my AirPods, ever. I just don't feel like I get very good audio on my end. I used for the first time the Bluetooth for the the Raycons, and it was perfect. It was when I was setting up my AC a couple weeks ago, and I could have a normal conversation. It feels kind of weird, right? Are they really hearing me? And they're talking back to everything I'm saying. I was impressed. That's dead truth. I used it for the first time. I didn't even know they did it till one of our reads a couple weeks ago. I was like, I got to try this out. 
and a call came in while I was working out, and I just took it, and it was impressive. Yeah, good. I've I've had the same experience with them, and I know uh, you will too when you go to Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash ham. Buyraycon.com slash ham. 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash ham. Get it on, baby. That's where you go. We appreciate the uh, the support and hope you enjoy the uh, Raycons. So we did a Jamal Adams topic and video the other day. And that was before the video of him and his Mercedes truck came out with the guy yelling, Come to Dallas. And he's like, I'm trying. This is a really good video. Really quick, I did a scroll job on that guy's page. Yeah. The guy that took the video. He screenshotted multiple interactions with Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, and ESPN where he DM'd them. I got something for you. Hit me up on Jamal Adams of the Cowboys. Yeah. And like what, what was the response? Yes or no? Yeah, it was like Sports Center. Can we use your video? Yes, we're interested. We will use your video. And it was like, oh, this guy, you know. Do you think just, he was following what, what around a, just to yell at? Here's what I'll say what about this guy. We live in. Is he like a former radio host, podcaster? How does he know to yell? If he had yelled like, come to the Dolphins, wouldn't done as many views. <laughs> no. I, is, I think Jamal Adams, I think part of it, was he in Dallas? Yeah, is that I, he I think he, I think I assumed he was in Texas. Is Jamal from Texas? <laughs> I don't uh I think so. Here's what I know. If I ever find myself in one of those situations, hell, guy, if I'm just videoing like Tiger Woods, like, Tiger Woods, you want to become a cowboy? Like, just, you know, if you uh, see Garoppolo Dan- on Santana Row, I'd be like, Jimmy, come to the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Dan Marino, hey, Dan, do you wish the Cowboys would have drafted you? <laughs> if you just say something with the Cowboys, yep. like, hey, uh, hey, Nick Saban, do you always wish you would have been the coach of the Cowboys? It just goes fucking viral. It doesn't work like that with like, hey, you want to be a Minnesota Viking? Like, Sports Center ain't hitting you back. Well, that's part of the premise of this topic is let's first establish there is not another NFL team that gets the attention the Cowboys get. But that said, I thought this was a great Twitter interaction between Albert Breer and Calvin Watkins uh, on Tuesday morning. Breer said, I got some good advice from Calvin Watkins when I got on the Cowboys beat. He said, stop asking guys from other teams if they want to play for the Cowboys. They all want to play for the Cowboys. He was right, so Adams wanting to go there isn't exactly unique. There is not. Would you agree there's not another team in the league, despite the fact that this team hasn't, the Cowboys, haven't been to an NFC Championship game since? 96. 96. Okay, 96. So their last, or I guess it would have been 95. All right, whatever 95. Whatever their Whatever their last Super Bowl 30 was. 30-year anniversary, then. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. And yet they are viewed, in terms of just star power, not how good is the organization, but in terms of what it means for a player and that player's brand to play for the Cowboys, no one else is on their level. The Patriots players don't want to play for the Patriots they, the way some of these guys want to play for the Cowboys. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And then it just got me thinking, like, who is next on that list or who could be next? Like, we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo's Jordan deal the other day, and you brought up, like, is Nike going to just be on top forever or is somebody set up to be next? So who is set up to be next? I actually think, in part, the 49ers are really well set up. But there's a few teams on that list. But I do agree no one can really – for what, what are the reasons no one can become the Cowboys? Let's start there. Yeah, to, to, to me, there is – if you just look at it from a fame standpoint, 
And with fame comes a lot of money if you're a pro athlete. So if you play for the Lakers, or you play for the Yankees, or you play for the Cowboys, you're just going to be more famous, right? And typically the Lakers weren't as shitty as they went on that little stretch at the end of the Kobe run, right? They're not the Knicks. Even like their average teams are in the mix. The Yankees, same thing. You play for the Yankees. It's like on the No Laying Up podcast, the golf podcast, when they have a guy that was in Tiger's era, they ask him, what of your career earnings, if you've made $40 million, how much do you owe that to Tiger? And a lot of them will say like 50 to 75%. That you know would have been, if Tiger had never existed, my same success would have been 25% of the money. There is a level of part of the reason why these guys become superstars on the Yankees or the Lakers are because of the Yankees or the Lakers. It's the argument with college sports. Like, you know, listen, the likeness is a big deal. It's like Gottlieb's always argument for college basketball. Zion, the Duke heavily benefited from Zion. Zion heavily benefited from Duke, right? Just like a lot of the Bama players do, Clemson. Now, it doesn't mean you're not good, right? Jamal yeah, Adams. Anthony, uh, who was the, Anthony Edwards. Now, he got hurt, so it was weird. But, like, Zion at Georgia where we've seen a couple guys go, doesn't have the same impact for Zion. If, for his if Nike ben deal. Sim- yeah, if Ben Simmons, instead of going to LSU, now he's super famous now and he's rich, had gone to North Carolina or Duke, it would have been different. Mm-hmm. And you could argue, like in basketball, it truly does matter because of the primetime games. In football, if your team's good, like you can become, like Richard Sherman became Richard Sherman on the Seattle Seahawks, right? Kevin Durant became Kevin Durant for fucking in the Thunder. But, like, aided by being in the playoffs playing in big games. True. Like, you on the Cowboys, de- you don't even have to be that good. Yeah. See, in the NFL, if you are on a good team, you're going to become famous, right? You're, if you're in a big mar- – Odell Beckham became Odell Beckham, and this is a, a little bit like – on the fucking New York Giants. And the argument always like, would Odell have become this famous if he had been playing on the Browns from the jump? And the, the argument is, no, he wouldn't have. I agree. Right? So what would Julio Jones be if he were on the Giants? Uh, he already be, is a superstar, but it'd be another level. It'd be stupid. Or Julio Jones on the Cowboys. Like, when I think Terrell Owens, like, I kind of think the Niners, but there still is, like, some of his most famous moments kind of feel Cowboys with the popcorn, Bill Parcells riding the bike. There's just a Cowboy I think if, well, tax. yeah, if Omari Cooper had been a Raider when he, like, now, like, if Omari Cooper was just a Raider today... I think the criticism on Amari would be a little less than it is in Dallas. They just give him $100 million. That's what I'm saying. If the Raiders gave him $100 million. Now, again, to your point, it's fine because the NFL is so national that fans get mad about guys on teams that... See, that's the pushback. Like, Amari, the NFL of the other two leagues, like, being on the Yankees or Red Sox is a lot different for you than the A's. Like, being on the Houston Texans, if you're a star, like, you're getting huge money, you're on Madden, right? Like... DeAndre Hopkins is a pretty big star. But there is an element of the Cowboys, which is crazy because how many times have they made the playoffs the last 20 years? If I just had to guess off the top of my head, like six, in six of 20, so, and they, they haven't won many playoff games. I'll be so honest, like that feels high. Well, they've made the playoffs like three of the last six years. Uh, Dax made it twice. You're right. Maybe it is. Maybe, how, what maybe was that it is now? A okay, you're right. What was the time stamp you said? I'd say the last 20 years, so 2000 to 2020. Yeah, I mean, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So but I right. bet if you look, but if you looked at like the Steelers or the Eagles, or now, see, how many times Seattle made the playoffs the last decade? Eight, right? Eight in ten years, where it just feels like they're going to be good every year. 
the thing for the Niners is they are a powerhouse brand when they win. They immediately become, boom, the Yankees or the the Dodgers or the you know the Chicago Bulls or what like they just factor in. But there are not that like the Cowboys just had an 8-8 eight eight year, which is not terrible. F- coach fired and they still feel like they're the number one topic a lot. And I, they, I used to be kind of anti-Cowboys. I do just, re- I think they're team. Like, it's not like they got some joke team, right? They should be good. I think most of us just watch football and go, yeah, the Cowboys got a lot of good players. They got a good coach. Like, they're not like some fraudulent squad, right? It's not like they're the Jaguars. Like, they do have a lot of really good players. Right now, this iteration. But I think it speaks to like, there were some Tony Romo teams that you go, yeah, I bet if we just Google the roster, we're like, God, Tony went eight and eight with that squad. But part of this is, and this goes back to like, how has Jordan maintained greatness and relevant, not greatness, but relevance with generations that didn't see him? The Cowboys got so cool in the 90s. Now, they, they already were a big deal before that, right? The, their owner, though, to me, plays a huge role in like, He's Trumpian in the sense of just his marketing skills. Like, he's just always in the mix on shit. He always is talking. You just... Is Jerry Jones as equally as famous right now as the Cowboys? Just when you just say Jerry Jones. Like, you played golf the other day. You go to a restaurant. You just talk... You just bring up Jerry Jones. Is there any chance if the person's, like, under 50, he doesn't know Jerry Jones? No, I, I would say it's... It's probably impossible for the individual to be more famous than that brand, but among casual sports fan, right? Like my point is there's going to be a lot of people who just don't really know anything in your office, but maybe they're in the, that they know who the Cowboys are. They don't know who Jerry is necessarily. So I think your point is true. He's huge for the brand. I don't think he's more famous. Like, Would than you the brand. say, would you say Mark Cuban's more famous than the Mavericks? Yeah. But obviously the Maverick, I mean, the Mavericks are much more closer to like a, a startup team than you know even though the Cowboys still were even though they weren't on that before Jerry they were still the Dallas Cowboys right yeah won Super Bowls the Dallas Roger Staubach I mean they you know um but is so okay so that's a long way of saying they are where they are it's going to be hard to get there but in terms of just like what players want not national branding I do think the Niners can be first for a generation in turn, like if you're a college, I've had the conversation with a few people around the Pac-12 about Brandon Ayuk. Like, if you're Brandon Ayuk coming into that draft, there are three or four places you want to go. Just if you're an offensive, play, if you're a wide receiver, where do I want to go? New Orleans, Kansas City. Maybe- you you wouldn't you wouldn't have said this 16 months ago. No, but that's what the Niners are now, and it's a combination of winning, of Kyle Shanahan's offensive coaching. They are really good on defense too. So, but I think they're just a button-down organization. They do feel cool, and this goes back to something you said a few, maybe last week about the Niners just being kind of this juggernaut fox in the '90s. They just are a flagship franchise for the organization, right? Sometimes we talk about them like, oh, people are picking up on the Niners. It's like, yeah, they're one of the most important franchises in the history of the league, and especially in the last forty years of the league. So, of course, people are picking up on them. So they do have just some of that behind them that I think when they're good, they get big fast. To your point, you wouldn't have said it a year and a half ago. But they get big fast, and I think people can sense it. And then on top of that, even if you don't remember Steve Young or you don't remember Montana, you're a kid coming out of college right now, you just turn it on. You go, they look cool. Their coach looks cool. 
seems like they treat their players well. Those guys seem like they're having fun. They win. They put you in positions to succeed. I, I, they play in all these big games. I just don't know who has that much instant stock. I mean, who has that much instant stock in the NFL right now? Do the well, I mean, the, I, the, do the Packers? My push, my, my well, my pushback would be, is the Packers for like thirty years were just pretty consistently good. Yeah. The same with the Steelers. The Niners, while they had the Eddie run, they disappeared for a while. No doubt. And then they came flying back with Jim, and then they disappeared. Like that's the one thing these other teams like. When do the Eagles, Steelers, Pack disappear? The Niners. Just can, all of a sudden, they've had multiple two-win teams between like NFC championships. I, I know, but I think that is forgotten fast. They they didn't just like. Well, I, I, the agree, I agree. I agree. But, that, but that's but that's why they just they disappear for a minute. Like no most doubt, the other teams just don't disappear. But to me, like the, the fact that they disappeared is forgotten now. If you, I agree. I, I think, so you know who else? And I'm not just saying this because we talk about them a lot. They had a chance. They do. I think we saw the power of the Raiders for a split second. And I do think they can – the year that we thought Derek Carr might win an MVP, like they were a big deal everywhere in the NFL. People just talked about them. Like they are – and now they got Chucky. Now they're not set up for this right now, but I do think if they were really good, they would kind of be like, oh, okay, that's a cool place. That's a cool place to be. The Patriots, it doesn't feel like it's player-friendly. Like you said, they don't get paid. He doesn't pay you. So I don't know that you would quite desire that. Um, well, that's the thing with the 49ers, like – who are they truly – they pay their own guys. They don't – when it comes to free agents, now they haven't really been nitpicked like that, right? Because you just be like, oh, all their good players, they've always paid. Yeah, their own good players. They don't really get outside help. Now they trade for guys. You could push back. It, but it feels like, like John, Bill goes out of They did trade for D. Ford. Yeah, they, they trade, pay D. Ford. They did it with Trent Williams. They're definitely more player-friendly for sure. I mean, I think the Niners have a chance, guy, to – I, I, you, I'm not going to throw out the word dynasty. They haven't even won a Super Bowl yet. But have a chance to have, like, a Packers-Aaron Rodgers type run where it's just they are the stalwart of the conference. But really, when I think the, when I think the NFC the last 10 years, I'd say the two teams that stand out that have been the most consistent would be the Packers, who were good basically every year until those last, like, McCarthy year. And then, boom, they get LaFleur. They're good right again. And would be Seattle, who I think 8 out of 10 and were always good. Like, the Eagles had a couple down moments. Cowboys, no. The Vikings are probably on like that next year. They've had a pretty good decade. But the Saints, remember, they were like a three- or four-year stretch where the coach was suspended. They were going 7-9. and nine. Just winning, if you consistently win, the Niners pass those franchises. Let so, me the put Packers, this. I'd say the Packers are unique because I, when you hear some of these players, like Charles Woodson when he signs there, he's like, I didn't even know where I was going to live. Like Everyone, oh, the Bay Area, they kind of know it. But it's like once you start playing for the Green Bay Packers, I think it's like this is pretty sweet if you're getting paid, right? I think them and let the me Packers, put it a different way. Separate from the Cowboys, what about Kansas I think City? The NFC. I'm just let's just talk NFC. I would go Philly Packers, Ca- Packers, Cowboys, 49ers. Just feel, Fox built their thing around them. Now the NFC East has like I think the Eagles and the Giants can throw their hat in the ring fast. If I just told you the Giants like Joe Judge are kicking everyone's ass for a couple years, like who the fuck wouldn't want to play in New York? New Orleans. And the, and the Eagles pay you. Yeah, I think they're up there. Let me put this a different way. The co- let's, let's talk about it like it's college football. Desirability. Where do players want to go? What's cool? The Dallas Cowboys are who? I think it's pretty easy. USC football. Just That's trying okay. to get back to where they were. I, I was trying to think, like, yeah, Florida, Miami? Or I, my other thought was Texas. University of Texas. 
But here's the thing. I think Oklahoma, if you take a step back, is like cooler in Texas. I wonder if Texas – like I don't think the Cowboys are overrated. Like their numbers speak for itself. I actually think Oklahoma is the more important brand of the two, yet Texas kind of gets the buzz. And I think most people would be like, yeah, Oklahoma's better. But I'm just saying, Google, the last 50 years, Oklahoma's been better. The thing and is, I think Texas, cool. I think, like, is just like number one in the athletic department reve- in football revenue, right? So that's part of Yeah. And they represent yeah, sure. like – seemingly a more important state to the sport like they are in that's part of sc's deal they're in cal they're in the heart of the of of the talent in the state of california which is well, one of the, the push, biggest because my states. the texas pushback on oklahoma would be like yeah check the historically where most of their best yeah, players if we were doing from, our job texas. they wouldn't be so good yeah it's like when oregon argues like historically where do most of oregon's best players come from southern california when peterson took off with washington where'd they come from la guys right yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so, okay, that. so in a college stamp, like from a college, can the 49ers be Clemson or whoever you would say is? Yes. Yeah, they, yes. There is no doubt. Whatever that, that group is like, what is that group? Ohio State, Clemson. I mean, right now it's LSU as well, right? I do think one team. Oregon's getting there or is there. I, I think for a split second they felt like they were going to become it when they won, and I still think they have a draw of L.A., and McVay's cool because remember Akeem Talib right. went there, Sue went there. I think they are like if you, if you had a guy, let's say the they both make the playoffs this year, the Rams and the Niners. Neither of them win the Super Bowl. Let's say each win a playoff game and both lose in the second round or whatever. I and they're both going for the same player. You could argue the guy might just choose L.A. Right. right? I I think they. I, you could argue the Rams are a little bit of a sleeping giant. The Niners have the history, the cool factor. They win. The Rams do just. Their one curveball is they got fucking L.A., and guys love living there. Mm-hmm. And there's a stardom aspect there that I think when you talk about the Cowboys, being a big deal in L.A., even though your pushback would be like, does anyone even pay attention to the Rams? Players don't necessarily think about it like that. They'll be, be like, treated like a star. Yeah, that you go to front row Laker games. You know, if you're – I'm trying to think of, like, the level player. You know, Jamal Adams, if he got traded to the Rams, I don't think he'd complain once he got there, right? No, he'd love it. Because you're going to pay the taxes – no, they weren't. No, Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, Niners, Seahawks. But if I I said Jamal Adams had given Schefter this list a year previously, would they have been on the list maybe? And the Niners might not have, right? The Rams would have been on there. The Niners would not have been on there. So you just would have flip-flopped those. I, I think the Rams are probably a sleeping giant to the historical stalwarts of the Fox NFC, right? Just because they have a – and it's not – Sean McVay to me, and, and most most importantly, the location factoring. Because yep. their location, if you're going to pay the premium taxes, which you have to do for either franchise, I think most guys, if you unless you're from this area, would rather be in L.A. than Santa Clara. Right. right? Yeah. Now, if the, if the Rams, if I tell you they go 7-9 next year, they, they do have to win. Well, that's – and that goes back to the point, right? Outside of the Cowboys, it's just – how many of these organizations are stories when they're bad? The Cowboys are. One of the biggest stories in the NFL. That gets back to the Lakers and Yankees, right? Yeah. yeah. But there is, a, there is a number two spot to be taken right now. Uh, all right. I, I mentioned I mentioned the Raiders. You didn't quite like that mention of the Raiders, but I mentioned no, they the were Raiders. fun. They were fun. They had a minute. Yeah. Uh, Josh Dubow tweeted this on uh, Monday. Three years ago today, the Raiders signed Derek Carr to a five-year, $125 million extension. Since then, the Raiders are 28th in the league in scoring 
and are tied with Washington and Tampa for the 25th best record, 17 and 31. Now, his uh, replies, like always, when Josh tweets these types of numbers, is just an argument about talent surrounding multiple offensive coordinators, head coaches, awful defenses, all that's true. Wide receiver burns off his feet. Wide receiver burns off his feet. You trade off your, your, you know, uh, co-captain, I guess we'd call Khalil Mack. Like, that's how they were viewed. They, oh, yeah. they went, you know, well, Amari guy, Cooper gone. I mean. No, just you trade off the best player on your team. Or, yeah, that's, one, that's the other way to put it. <laughs> a better way to put it. So, uh, there's a lot of ways it, to look it, at it. It, it I is just, a pretty glaring tweet. I mean, you just read it for what it yeah, is in a vacuum. It's pretty crazy. I, I, you know, I, I th- and you and I, we talk about this a lot. I, this is not an opinion. There is still time for him because he's the quarterback of this team, and he's not getting beat out by Marcus Mariota whether they had a full OTA camp or not. He's a quarterback, so he's got time. But I do think it's just an example. When you get paid, there is only going to be one stat that matters. Like, Whatever Carson Wentz does in his career, now this is a different conversation, but whatever Carson does in his career, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, guess what? Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. He didn't, period. Whatever, now that, that's, we're not talking about Super Bowl here. We're just talking about be better than you've been. There are a lot of reasons the Raiders haven't been good. But once you pay somebody $125 million, it's the 17 and 31 is really all it gets argued about. If the franchise could get a do-over, now they had two different coaches, different GMs, would they have signed Khalil Mack first and Derek second? Or do you think Gruden's glad the way it played out? Because I, I guess mean, they would have signed him before Gruden would have showed up. Like It's hard, right? It's easy to say, yeah, now. The problem with that is you do just pay your quarterback. And there's an argument to be made. We're still waiting. May, you know, maybe they can salvage based on the picks they got and the players they drafted to some degree to the Khalil thing. Like if Derek this year has a year where you go, okay, he is the quarterback of the giant. Like he is the quarterback now for a few years. Like he's the quarterback. Then it's, that's what you would have done. I, I think now, if you ask most GMs right now, who would they rather? I mean, yeah, it's every, 32 GMs would take Khalil Mack. I, I think here's the issue. They signed him after he broke his ankle, and he's never quite been the same. Because that guy we saw in 16, whether you like the Raiders, whether you hate the Raiders, we all admit he was one, he was a top-five quarterback by every metric, right? The eye test, the PFFs of the world. like there, No one was arguing like it was fluky. We all watched it. We've all seen enough football. He had a fantastic season. And even the game that he got hurt, I remember it was the Colts game, they were starting to blow him out. He had thrown like three touchdowns in that game. The next week was going to be for the Broncos to get the two seed. It was like, gee, is this really happening? And it was weird because their team, looking back, they had like one good defensive player in Khalil, and they were just scoring a ton of points. The next couple years, it just he wasn't the same. Musgrave leaves. And, or they get rid Musgrave of Musgrave. Musgrave leaves, and he would wanted that, right? He wanted Todd Downing, and that was a disaster. But to me, it's more just he has some moments where he throws the ball in the ground on a fourth down, throws the ball away on a fourth down, where it just seems plays where he just gives up on. Like, his talent hasn't changed, right? He's still athletic enough to move around back there. He's got a big arm. That's what's weird about talking about him. He gets compared, I think, sometimes to Alex. Part of the reason Alex can't throw the ball down the field is because he literally can't really throw the ball down the field. Like, Derek, if you just went to a practice and watched him take five-step drop and just say, hey, fling this 50 yards to Henry Ruggs, 
that is not going to be a problem for Derek, right? Right. And that's where I think people find themselves in this conundrum. And it, I had a buddy on the Raider staff tell me one time, you know, the, a couple of years ago, the hard part with Derek is in practice when it's kind of like 80% bullets and he knows he can't be hit, he's like, he's throwing these seeds. You're like, God, we got this talented quarterback. And we all know, and if you're listening to your Raider fan, you know, you just watch some of the games and he just leaves a little be desired. Now, he had moments last year, but there were still some of the, you know, that Green Bay game where he sticks the ball out and then it snowballs. Now, looking back, Green Bay was 13-3 and team, right? Green Bay was way better than the Raiders. Like, the Raiders shouldn't win that game in Green Bay. But I think the counter is, well, the fucking Raiders were about to take the lead and they were playing really well. And that's part of, like, just being a good quarterback. Sometimes you elevate your team a game you shouldn't win even when that other team's not playing bad. And Derek still has some of those where, listen, we've both known Derek for over a decade. Seen him play, talking about him since high school. And the guy that we were really bullish on, it's hard for me to still be that bullish on now. Though, I'm not foolish enough to think, like, He's not an overachiever in the sense of his talent is NFL level. Yeah. His talent is like when he's on, he can sling the ball around. And, we, and, and this other, it's not all a game. projection. Sorry to jump on you there, but it's not all a projection. We've seen it too. That's the other part of this. I, I just don't like, I think most people around the league would be like, yeah, he's an overpaid player, right? Most fans like follow the NFL would say Derek's an overpaid player. Well, he's also a quarterback based- that's been in one place, right? So at the end of this year, he will have made $105 million of that contract. A lot of cash, guy. So the question is, you know, after this year, his dead cap number is two and a half million dollars. But there, there's a decent chance, right? He goes nine and seven, has a similar statistical year to last year. Let's say they get to the playoffs, lose a first round game, he's still their quarterback next year. Yeah, there's a decent chance he plays out this. It's what most people. Is there a good chance he plays out the entire contract? The entire contract for the Raiders? I'm starting to think like that's might be fifty percent plus, just because it's hard. They're well, not going to get like three wins. Yes, I would how, say. Do, who do they get, guy? Um, I would say, do you think John Gruden is, is going to go four or five years without having to feel like he's got a chance? Without to go changing big? a quarterback. Yeah, is he really going to go that long without changing? If he feels like he needs a better quarterback, I don't think he'll just default. I think he'll try something different or draft a guy in the first round or make some moves, you know, whatever. Um. But, yeah, I don't think it's inevitable that Derek's not the quarterback of the Raiders in 2021. Again, part of that is because, like you just described, there's a scenario where they're better this year and he's good enough to come back without being MVP-level guy that we saw a few, that we thought we were about to see, right? I, this, I mean, we, it feels and like part we've of this is, is their defense better? I know, I know. Lots out of his control. He's got to play well this Do year. Do they win more football games this year? Do you think – I think for him to be viewed as like this contract was even somewhat worth it. they got to make the playoffs. Because if, if I tell you the Raiders make the playoffs, like their defense hasn't changed that much. They added a couple linebackers. They're going to be better on defense. But they, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald didn't show up. If you right? tell they're, me they're they made the playoffs this year, then we're not even having this discussion in the offseason. Well, yeah, you tell and me I don't they even made need the to playoffs. know anybody's numbers. If, if I tell you they make the playoffs, I, I would guess Derek threw 27 to 30 touchdowns had, you know, 65 to 67%, had single-digit picks. You have to just, just win some big games, right, on the road. Yeah, like just being talked about very favorably and being talked about like, I don't know if he'd win the comeback player of the year because you'd look at his, his actually stats last year were good, right? <laughs> like part of why Tannehill wins the comeback player of the year, like he was, he didn't play, you know? Derek 
was yeah, I think, 25 touchdowns last who year. Wins? I thought comeback player usually is like a hurt guy. It's usually an injury or a guy that fallen on hard times. But my point is he would just – people would be impressed. He'd be like, God, did Derek have a top 10 season? He would get a lot of credit. Yeah, it's like, you know, Eric Berry won it. Keenan Allen. Yeah. So it's usually like ACL cancer or something. <laughs> Big F and D. Luck, you know what? Okay. I've forgotten John Luck he, won it in 18. He's not going to – because he missed all those games. Yeah. He's not going to win – the comeback player of the year because he won't even qualify for it because he did play all 16 games last year. But I think it's fair to say it's like, I don't need 2016 again, but I need a year where it goes, yeah, this guy's, I feel good about having this guy as my starting quarterback on a team where I'm trying to compete with Patrick Mahomes division. Yeah. What you'd like is to not be having this debate every off season. Right. And, and there are arguments for, and there are arguments against, you just want to not be doing this every off season. Yeah. Do you believe – I also think you can say what you want about Mariota and the value. If they were 100% sold on Derek, are they spending $7.5, $8 million on a backup quarterback? Even if they go, well, he was our top guy on our board four, five years ago. I don't know. I mean, I guess you have there value to say there? no. You have to say no just based every dollar counts to the NFL. But I do think there's well, something to – these guys just like Mariota. Maybe you can use him as a – and we'll see, like, if they're using him as – if they're just using him sometimes as not – I don't want to use the word gimmick, but, right, if they've got special packages for him, that kind of thing, maybe they just think, hey, we're paying kind of – we're getting a backup quarterback, but we're also paying for a guy that we can use in a unique way. And so he's a $6 million backup and a $2 million kind of little uh, Swiss Army knife tool we can use, and so that's how we justify it. Wouldn't you also argue, too, that – they probably look at it. Well, Derek cost twenty-two million. Factor in Marcus, we're still under thirty million dollars for a quarterback room, and we got two guys that can start. Did they sign him? I'm trying to remember. Did they sign him after a lot of guys had been signed near the end, or was that at the like had a lot of money been spent? And you kind of knew who you yeah, were signing on defense. I, I, I thought it was relatively in the first couple I of days. Early, I mean, I, yeah. Again, that like he just got highest paid backup market. Like who was going to pay him? That, that usually highest paid guy doesn't get it last. He gets it first. Yeah. I well, mean, I guess so not necessarily. I, no, I, I feel pretty confident that Marcus would have had several offers around the league with the Andy Reid types. Maybe not them, their contract situation, but just a Howie Roseman probably offering a 3 or $4 million. Once you went to seven, like you said, every dollar counts. Like the difference between $4 million and $7.5 million is $3.5 million. Well, that $3.5 million can buy you like a starting guard. Right. right? That's why it's – so free agency started on March 18th. He got signed on March 23rd. So he had signed the first week. So wouldn't you say, I would imagine by that first couple of days, he had several solid offers. Yeah. And the Raiders, I, part of why they, I, I would imagine if Mayock got on the phone with us and was f- telling us the truth, part of the reason we had to give him seven and a half because he could have gone to like several playoff teams for five, you know, or four. Because I'd feel pretty good as a GM taking a flyer on that guy for three or four million dollars. For sure. Do I love it for seven and a half? Uh, you know, no, no, I mean, I, that's, I, where the, Mayock, that's where Mayock and Gruden say, well, he was our number one quarterback where some guys might say he wasn't our number one quarterback. Now, maybe right? they would argue with us on this. I don't think he's good enough. Like, to me, I'd feel better about it if you thought, God, I think he can be good enough to beat Derek out, and then we got an $8 million starter. Now, then you're paying 22 for your backup. But the point being, I don't think he's good enough to beat Derek out. Not that there's a competition, per se. I just don't – I don't think he's winning you more games as your starting quarterback. But maybe they would say, well, how do you – let's see. Maybe, maybe we get him with Gruden. Maybe he is. Maybe he can become a starter in this league again on a good, yeah, like just for think, a good team. 
it's never a bad idea if you have the financial flexibility to to take a flyer on a guy like Marcus Mariota because the chance of him being good and the chance of like your six-round pick, that is ideal, right? Most teams would go, I would love to have a backup that I feel good about making $600,000 instead of a backup that I feel good about making $8 million, right? If you could choose the two, you'd be like, well, I'd rather I'd rather use the $7 million to go get myself a starting tight end. Yeah. The question is... <laughs> and- do you feel like if you have to win four games, your $2 million backup can't do that for you? Because in a year where 9-7, and seven, you go, that might oh, – I'm willing to pay six extra million because I think this guy is marginally better than my other options. And that's the pushback on Mariota. Last, last year, you'd say he was pretty terrible. Yeah. And I think that's – if you were in the pro-Mariota camp, you're just simply saying he lost his confidence, he had fallen on hard times. We've seen better versions. We think we can get that confidence back. And I think sometimes to get confidence back, I've never been an NFL player, but just like but you're a go- any- you're an amateur golfer. Yeah, think about anything you do in life though. When you can get your confidence back when you're flying under the radar a little bit, like if I just go bang some balls for the next two weeks over the shit I need to work on, I'm gonna feel a lot. Then, or if I just had a money game tomorrow, I'd be pretty nervous because I I don't have much confidence in my golf game right now. I'd be going out without confidence. But if I got two weeks or a month to just get my mind right, I'm going to feel more confident. Just like Marcus Mariota, you get to fly under the radar a little bit. You can't convince me. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if you tell me Marcus Mariota resurrects his career through this little process the next couple years and then becomes a five-year starting quarterback for someone else, I wouldn't tell you you're crazy. We've seen it happen countless times. Because he was the second overall pick. And he clearly like is an NFL player, right? It's not like he's not skilled enough. Or now they're injury question marks. Maybe five strong. Let's say three year starter for someone. He's won a playoff game. Yeah. Where didn't you rewatch it and tell me it was a little weird when you rewatched? Yeah, it? remember he has the the ball that gets deflected back to him and he dives into the end zone and scores. It wasn't one of those. Remember, to me, like, there's the a big. Luck? Difference Remember the luck Alex like Smith game yeah. where they were both just like throwing BBs back and forth and just. it ended? They had like nine touchdowns combined. It did not look like that. No, it didn't. Because so. the Chiefs were up like 21 to 7. Kelsey gets concussed and then it's like never the same. But like you say, anytime that you get a touchdown on a ball that's batted that lands back into your hands, I think you got a red flag. Do, to, quote unquote, he's won a playoff game. Do you think Derek Carr is somebody's starter five years from now? Uh, I do. Got reaction. I would not be. I would lean fifty-one percent yes, but I'm not going like eighty okay. percent. I think he has a chance to reestablish himself this year to kind of just quiet everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Man, I mean, people say like, I don't know where are you find content in month four. I'm like, check the stopwatch. No problem. <laughs> well, I mean, we got. I wouldn't say BP fastballs. We we had a decent amount of stories. We going did. On today, it was right? one of these like, oh, Trent Williams, <laughs> oh, Antonio Brown, oh, nice little Dubow tweet. Oh, Dubow. What was the other thing? We God, so long Vra- I don't remember. Vrabel wants to take down my wife. Oh, well, care. Yeah. Yeah, we're okay. Ah, Manscaped Niners get an official manscaping partner. <laughs> we didn't see that coming. Is there even? Do they own that market? Who who? Like if the if their competitor wanted to be like, well, we're gonna sign with the Cowboys. Who is that? Just like Wall, W A H L. So are they the they can only deal with the Niners? No, or no, no. I think the Niners can only deal with are them. The, oh, because <laughs> the Manscaped paid for. It. I I texted someone while we were recording. I said, 
you know, I knew Manscaped, again, I, their check always came on time for us. Like, did they? I didn't realize they had that type of money. And I guess Cuban was an investor like several, like two years ago. I, I wonder well, if is we Jed did York on the board of the VC firm that funded Manscaped or something like that? Good point. Were they a Shark Tank company? That I don't know. They kind of feel like one, right? I, you ever watch Shark Tank? Uh, yeah, all the time. I, I honestly never really got into it. I love it. I watched a couple episodes the other day. I'm like, this is my type show. It's really pretty good. I texted someone with the Niners and said, uh, manscaped.com, promo code ham, and they replied, ease. <laughs> okay yeah we got a lot of uh, they're going for east too well I, I, I at least we're on the right companies guy i mean we got they got proper funding that's right if, if you tell me ease gets on the niners bandwagon i'm like god we were really adopters <laughs> to both all right on that note okay later when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.